Hey, this is Miles Hunter. I'm the pastor of TC3 Students, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today, and I hope this message helps you connect to the life-changing power of Jesus Christ and gives you the courage to live out your faith in your homes, schools, and community. Enjoy today's message. Hey, so my name is Pastor Andy. I'm a children's pastor at TC3. Obviously, I'm not Miles. Um, As you can see, I am not Miles. Um... Why? He's my friend. I can say that about him. All right. But, uh, but, but uh, he's a great friend of mine. I, I love working with him. And I, I am very honored to be able to come up here and um, help you guys and walk you through the opening of this new series here called Labeled. All right. Uh, but before we get to that, let me introduce myself a little bit. My name, like I said, my name's Andy. Um, and uh, let me give you a little bit about my own family. There's my family right there. Yeah, that's my wife, Amy, my three girls. That one right there, Lily, uh, if you happen to see her in the audience, you can turn around and laugh at her. Say, ha ha, your dad's a dork. And say, that's okay. She goes, she'll look at it. Say, you know what? I already knew that. So that's what she'll say to you. Um, yep, yep. I promise to be real nice to her. Uh, there she is. Uh, so I'm, I won't point her out to you. Uh, but I promise to be real nice to her and not embarrass her too much. Um, because that'd just be mean. It'd be too easy. Uh, but let's see. I've got this is my picture of my family here. This is uh, this last summer. I was able to spend a, a time with my brothers. Uh, there's four Brown brothers. There's four of us. The Brown brothers um, right there. That's uh, I'm number three. Uh, these are my other guys are here. That's Alan, Gary, and Carl, and me. And uh, and let me tell you what. If you put and, and this is where Lily could tell you that if you put the four of us in a room, something will break, on purpose. On purpose. I guarantee you that we will break something either by throwing one of the others into that thing that broke, or we will break it because it was meant to be broken. And that's, that's just who we are. We, we, are, we are a very spastic bunch of guys, um, very, uh, very creative in the way we do things, um, especially when it comes to like merry-go-rounds and, uh, and, and, um, and water balloons and oh, just some, some lot of fun stuff. Um, but now a little bit about, a little bit about me. Um, I said, I am a children's pastor, and uh, I, I love serving. I've been here at TC3 for about 10 years now, and I am uh, super, super amped about a lot of stuff. I'm super busy, a lot of stuff going around here. Tomorrow, uh, we get to start Kids Club, if you know what Kids Club is. So I'll be in four public schools all week long uh, doing after-school Bible programs. Uh, we do the Sunday programs, all the family events here. And um, uh, let's see, I wrote a book. Uh, called Destroy This Devo, um, been working on some uh, citywide conferences and lots of other fun stuff. But um, why is that important? Because I say a lot of that because seeing people look at that and say, well, Pastor Andy, and by the way, yes, I do talk like a kid's pastor. So kid's pastors are a little spastic. We have a little bit of energy and we talk a little bit fast and that's okay. If you can't keep up with me, I will truck over you and you're just going to have to deal with it because that's, that's the way I, that's my energy. My energy level, you know, I, I, I try to keep it down here, but it, it just, it, you know, it fluctuates. Um, this is all important because our theme is labeled. And uh, so let's, let's see how do you finish this sentence. Hello, my name is now, now, don't fill that in with your name. Fill it in with something that is an attribute of who you are, why, why it's important. So as I begin to think about this, I tried to fill in that blank when I was getting ready for it tonight. Who am I? My name is, and this is what I am. Um, yeah, I, I, if I had to say it myself, I would say, uh, well, here's, let me, let me describe myself in pictures here. Here's a picture of me in the first day of fifth grade. Look at that dork. 
<laughs> First day of school, safety patrol. Yeah, with good old Rusty in the basket of doom. Yeah, and going, getting ready to go back to school. First day. Yeah, look at me. I got a big old smile with the athletic striped socks and the shorts. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I never got new clothes. Um, if you if your parents shop secondhand stores. And that was me. I didn't, my parents didn't shop secondhand stores. My parents gave me the hand-me-downs of my brothers who were nine and seven years older. So I skipped an entire generation of cool clothes. Um, their clothes were bought from secondhand stores, and I got the 10 years late secondhand store clothes. Yeah, but I, I was carefree. I was, so, I was just fun-loving, and I just, just loved life. I was active in uh, baseball and Cub Scouts and, and active in my church, and, and just, j- I didn't know any better. I was just fun, just had a lot of fun, and I, I just don't remember a whole lot of bad things happening. Now, let me show you a picture of my first day of 11th grade. Yeah, first day of 11th grade. Not as big a smile. Um, that guy right there, yeah, that's my, that, that, that guy wearing the MC, MCS your shirt, with his uh, Reebok uh, high tops and, and the denim shorts. He had not very happy. This was a time where I was, I was sort of in a, going in a, a, a weird transition of my life. I was very much disturbed with who I was. You see, before when I was in fifth grade, I was like, hey, you know what? I'm just fun. I'm happy. I'm jolly. But I started changing my personality and I started thinking, man, I'm... I'm an outcast, I'm, I'm not cool, I'm not accepted. I'm outside of, of the in crowd. I wanted people to accept me, I wanted people, and it was a struggle that I had. It was a real struggle for me to, to, to be joyful again. I, there was a darkness in me, and there was a whole lot of weight of just, just very uneasy edginess around me that I just didn't know what to do with, and that was a struggle. And I completely honest with you guys, sometimes I struggle with that even today. So what kind of labels do you wear? Why is it important to have these labels? Because right now in these teenage years that, a lot, that you guys are in, you're in that in-between period of your time that, that is, is, is awkward and it's hard. And, and for some of us, deep down, we're searching for answers. Those, we're searching for the answers and we just don't know what that answer is. We were to fill in the blank of hello, my name is, and that would be a very disturbing answer for some of us right now. We would look at that, we would fill it in with, and I saw some of those name tags out there on the board out there, and I'm thinking, man, some of them, yeah, they're funny. But others, I'm like, there's some seriousness there. There's a, 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 a reach for, for, for help in some of those names. So they ask a question like, am I valuable? Are you valuable? Are you significant? Does anybody accept me? You know, what makes me feel good? What, what is it that makes me feel good? Well, this happens in youth groups and churches all over the country, all over the world too. This is not just an isolated event of people who, who just don't know who they are. This is a, a world uh, issue. And so... We go back to, when I, when, I, when I teach in kids' church, I, I, we go back to the Bible. And I have another name for it. Some of you guys who've come out of TC3 Kids, you know that maybe you raise your hand or, or Noah just yelled out to me. There's another name. I, there's a sword of the spirit, the breath of God, but there's a word. Does anybody, I don't know if some of you guys might remember it. Maybe you do. There's a different name I have for the Bible. 
call it the history book. Right? I call it a history book. It's my history book because it's the actual life lessons of people who were literally there. It's a history book, a collection of people who were eyewitnesses to everything that happened. They wrote everything down and it was right there. This history book is, the, is God's word. Now let's read about some of that history, especially about a guy in the, uh, in the book of Ephesians. A guy named Paul wrote this. Check this out. Now, this guy, Paul, before we get into that, Paul, uh, this is going to be Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Paul was a Roman officer. He was, in other words, a guy who went around kicking teeth in of people who loved Jesus. He, he led the soldiers who would go out and arrest the Christians and these people who follow Jesus and get permission to have them knocked out and dragged out and thrown in prison. He even approved the death of one person. Our history book, the Bible, tells about the story about a guy named Stephen who was trucked over, but he was also approved. And, and Paul watched this guy die with a thumbs up and a smile on his face. Maybe not a smile on his face, but the Bible says he approved it. And he wrote this after he was converted to Christianity, where he gave his life to Jesus. And he said, my life is this right here. And I'm just going to read this real quick. It says, once you were dead because you were in disobedience of many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work, the devil. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey. Do you refuse to obey God? All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature by our very nature. We were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. So there's three things in there. Number one, we are dead in our sins. Okay, I gotta finish that. We are dead in our sins. We are dead in our sins. Our sins, we are dead in our sins, guys. Because of sin, we are dead. We are followers of the ways of the world. We are dead in our sins. We are followers of the ways of the world. We can't help it. We have to follow the light. We have to follow what everybody else is doing over there because that's, that's where it's at. That's what we want to do. And then we are also, the last line there, we are deserving of death. Man, we are deserving of, of the wrath of God. We deserve to go, not to heaven, but we deserve to go to hell because of the sins in our life, because of the brokenness that we bring in. But that's not the end of it. You see, that right there is the bleakness of it all. It gets better because this guy, Paul, doesn't stop right there. You see the very next part, Ephesians 2, 4 through 9, and we're going to put that on screen, but there's a lot of words. I'm not going to read all the words, all right? <laughs> there's a lot of words there. But basically, if you, if you, I'm, going to, I'm going to move out of the way, so maybe you could read it so uh, you guys can watch and look along. If you follow verse 4 right there, basically verse 4 says, we are loved. Verse 5 says, we are alive. Verse 6, we are raised up and seated with Christ. And maybe you can spot those words in there. Maybe it's like, where's Waldo? Find those words in there. All right. And, and in verse 8, verse, go down to verse 8 right there at the bottom. It says that we are saved by grace through faith. We are saved we are loved, we are alive, we are raised, we are saved. Why are we talking about this? Because people need to know who they are. Who am I is the question that people ask. Who am I? But that's not the only question we should be asked. We shouldn't be only asking, who am I? We should be asking, whose am I? Who do I belong to? Who do you belong to? Who do you belong to? 
You think that... There's a, if, you, if I were to take some magnets and take magnets here, you know, I could throw a magnet at Zach right here at his forehead. Is it going to stick? Yes. Okay, that's a bad example. All right. I throw a magnet to Miss Christy over here, to mom. If I throw a magnet at her, is it going to stick? Yes. No. <laughs> no. She does not have the properties of attraction to a piece of metal called a magnet. Now, if I throw a magnet at this bar stool, yes. Or if I throw it at that water bottle, yes. It'll have the properties to attract. So what are the properties that bring it together? What are the properties that make you up? What is it going to take to help you understand that faith in Jesus is the starting point for answering this question in who you are, your identity? You can't have a identity in Christ if you don't have a relationship with Christ. You have to know who Christ is in you if you want to be identified in Christ. And this is where it gets really cool because you see, after all of these words here comes the next one line of words in Ephesians 2.10. In Ephesians 2.10, it says this, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created in us a new, uh, created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do good things He planned for us long ago. Now, see, this is a huge deal. You think you are a masterpiece. Whoa, whoa, you are a masterpiece. You, you think about a masterpiece. Think about some of the most famous artwork in the world. The Statue of David, the Mona Lisa. You can even talk about the Eiffel Tower. You could talk about something uh, it's even more current, like the Coliseums, you know, um, even uh, the, the LA Rams. You know, they've got a new football stadium. That thing is beautiful. You want to talk about, I hate the Dallas Cowboys. So put that on tape. There you go. Dallas County. But Jerry World. Talk about Jerry World. The Dallas Stadium. Oh, my goodness. Have you seen that thing? That is, that is a masterpiece. It is beautiful artwork. But it doesn't compare to you. None of that compares to you because you were created by the hands of God. All right? You are the work of a display. You are the work of the artist. You are displayed around us. You required art. Your art that required time and energy. You are the art, you are the result of the artist's signature. His signature is on you. God's imprint is on you. You are known as the masterpiece. And think about this: God of the universe. The God of the universe is amazing, and he made you even more amazing. The sun, the moon, the galaxies, the stars, all that. Think about this, guys. Think about, what, think about what this artist named God is. Think about what he created. He created this thing called Mount Everest. He created Mount Everest, 29,000 feet tall. 29,000 feet tall. That's part of his creation right there. He made that. Not only that, guys, he also made the deepest part of the ocean. Uh, of course, in the um, Pacific Ocean, there's one place called Crater uh, uh, Challenger Deep. Challenger Deep is 30, they measure it to about 35,800 feet deep. 35,800 feet deep. Right there, it just, just goes. <laughs> All right? That's deep. How is this possible, man? But think about it. See, here's the thing. Some of us, our identity is we look at that mountain and we stop and we freeze and we say, that's impossible. I can't. That's impossible. 
I don't have what it takes. I, I, I am not built for that. I am not strong enough. I am not fast enough. I am not smart enough. I am not popular enough. I am not good enough. I am not, in, I am not godly enough to do that because it's impossible. I look at the mountain. Other people in this room are going to look at this and look at the crater and say, that's where I belong. My identity is down there. My identity is sunk in the 35,000 foot deep crater because there's nothing good in my life. There's nothing positive in my life. Everybody seems to hate me. Nobody seems to love me. Nobody, I can't be accepted anywhere. I can't do anything right. I keep failing at these things. And so that's where I'm, and some of you guys are looking at the mountain thinking it's impossible. Others look at the crater and thinking, I belong down there. So what are we supposed to do? What are you, what are we, how are we going to fix that, guys? Because we can't, what we need to do is have a different identity. We must understand to be the masterpiece. You are his masterpiece because you were created in the image of the master from the very beginning in Genesis, the very beginning of the history book of the Bible, Genesis 1, 27. So God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God. You are God's image. You were created in the image of God. You think God's ugly? No, you, you can't call God ugly, but you're calling yourself ugly. You're saying, God, I don't know. There's so much more. You are his masterpiece because you are literally a piece of the master. You are a part of the master. Every time you look in the mirror, you're looking back at the image of God. Now think about that. What's true about Jesus as God's child is true about you as God's child. This is incredible because God, God don't make junk. I love telling it to kids. I talk to kids and God don't make no junk. They look at what? God don't make no junk. You ain't, you ain't junk, kid. You ain't, get, get, get off the ground. You ain't junk because you are special. You are, you are God's creation. You're like, yes, Pastor Andy, I'll get off the floor. Now stop, wipe your snot off your face and get back in line and stop talking. All right. God has known you for a very long time. And that's you. You, let's fill in some blanks here. You are incredibly valuable. Because think about that. Let's think about that for a second. Why do I say that? I say that because, well, look at your life. You are not just a masterpiece. You are a piece of the master. <laughs> you, are a, you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. You are a walking, living testimony of the greatness of God. By standing here right now, you are breathing, living testimony, proof that God is awesome. Because you are a piece of the master. Imagine, imagine, imagine if you had that confidence. Maybe you do have that confidence. Maybe you're the person that looks at a mouth and says, you know what? That let's go. Let's suit up, man. Put on backpack, put on my boots here. I'm going up the mountain. I'm going for it. Or maybe you're looking at that crater saying, I see people, I see people down there and they're lost. This is it. Go time. Let's go. You and me, God, let's go. We're gonna go get those people down there. And that is valuable because there are people, you're going to either look at the mountain and say it's impossible. You're going to say, nope, I'm going to conquer it in the name of God. Or you're going to look at the crater and say, that's where I belong because that's what the world tells me I belong. Or you're going to say, nope, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to get those people. I'm going to go rescue them because God has sent me to be a disciple to this world because I am incredibly valuable. Can you say that? Can you say, I'm incredibly valuable? I am incredibly valuable. <laughs> Thank you. I'm a kid's pastor, guys. You got to, you got to feedback on that. 
Imagine, imagine the power that you have. You have this 18K vision right here. 18,000 students in the Treasure Coast, 18,000 middle school, high school students. And there's a lot of them right now that are stuck at the bottom of the mountain or, or going down in that crater. And it's going to be up to you that God has made you incredibly awesome to be able to go out there and grab them and help them and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Because the truth is, you are God's masterpiece. And the other part is, Satan wants to lie to you. The devil wants to knock you off your feet. He wants to wipe you away because he hates the fact that I'm standing here telling you that you are a masterpiece because you're a piece of the master. The truth hurts the devil. And I love to give him a black eye. Let's be honest. What if this youth group here, what if we went into our schools and went in with the confidence, I'm going to conquer that mountain. I'm going to go rescue those people. Instead of saying, I can't do it. I'm trash. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world, guys. It's the weapons that God has given us. Again, Ephesians 2.10, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. We can do these things. You know, um, we recently just had a, um, a, a family member who sort of knew, sort of really didn't know very well, but she passed away recently. And, then, and uh, we went to her house and uh, we were looking for trying to clean up the stuff. And, and she was a bitter old woman and she uh, lived alone. We went through some things and we, we found this, not this coin, but I'm going to show you a coin. This is a 1928 Hawaiian half dollar. Uh, it's called a sequin centennial half dollar, Hawaiian sequin centennial half dollar, 1928 coin. It was pretty rusted, busted up looking. Lily could tell you it wasn't, you know, very attractive. It doesn't look like anything special. It wasn't even encased in anything. It was just sort of sitting there in a drawer of other junk stuff. And I looked at that and said, I, there's maybe, I don't know. I don't know. We, we did a little research on it. Maybe it's a little rare. Maybe it's worth something. We took it to a local person who was very trustworthy and counted, accountable. And he looked at it. We walked away from that guy with $1,500 from that coin. $1,500. You see, the world's going to look at something and see you maybe as nothing. But God says, no, you are a masterpiece. You are invaluable. You are so more, more worth, you're worth so much more than $15,000, $1,500. I wish it was 15000 but 15, still $1,500. Amy and I went to a good meal that day. All right. We had a good meal that day. All right. We enjoyed it, but we found that we were like, yes, from this piece of junk, we call junk, wasn't junk. Somebody looked at that and said, that is worth $1,500. A half dollar, a little 50 cent half dollar Hawaiian thing. Awesome. Guys, we're, we're going we're gonna to bring the band back up here right now because we want we to close up in uh, um, just a time of meditation. Before we break up into our, the, the closing thoughts and the closing prayer, um, they, the band wants to, to celebrate uh, and just have you guys. If you guys don't mind, if you just stand where you are. Is that okay if you just stand where you are? Okay, so you guys just, just take a second and just stand where you are. And, um, and we're going to just worship with God one more time. That, and let that sink in. You are a piece of the master. And if that isn't enough, 
just remember, you were created by that master. 